Welcome to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. I am your host, Nia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, one meal at a time. The Plan Simple Meals podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier, happier home. Listen in for informative conversations and valuable strategies to make meals healthy, meaningful, and fun. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Meals podcast. Super excited to be here today. We are in the midst of this amazing series where I'm interviewing mom entrepreneurs on the topic of work-life balance, work-life food balance, and it's been really amazing for me (laughs) and enlightening and so great to just see how many different ways there are to do all this, to know that we're all pulled in different directions at different times, and just that we can be amazing moms, amazing people in our work, and, you know, do the house stuff too. And it's really cool to see how we all have different strategies around this, and that different things are going to resonate for different listeners as well. And definitely things that some people said, you know, I get comments back from time to time on the podcast and things that really resonated with one person were things that maybe I didn't even hear. And some things that I hear as I'm interviewing, I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what I need to do. So it's just been really cool to see. And I hope that you've enjoyed some of these things and that you have some strategies that you can now take into your life too. So I think we've done about we post about half of the interviews, so there's a bit more. We're doing this thing over these seven days, so it's you're listening to this on Friday, so Wednesday, Thursday, there was two released. There's going to be one released Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and next Wednesday, so there's eight in a row of just great content. I figured this would be a great way to kick off the school year uh, because we send our little people off in the world to learn and It would be so fun to learn ourselves. So hopefully we can learn from all these amazing mom entrepreneurs. So with that said, I challenged myself to show up and ask myself, I guess, the same questions that I've been asking these women um, and just share with you guys a little bit where I am now. So you guys know my backstory, I think a little bit. I had a graphic design. I've always worked. I've always been a worker. I've always actually been drawn to work, which was a really hard thing for me to admit when I became a mom. I love my kids with all my heart and soul. I actually, due to the fact that I never had had a period without medicine, didn't know that I could get pregnant, but I got pregnant with my first son, Felix, when I wasn't even trying. So it was a huge surprise. And, like, I love every bit of my kids, but I still feel that pull to work from time to time. It's just the way it is. And I've had to come to just sort of, like, figure that out. What does that mean? And how do I fulfill this desire, destiny to be a mom of three amazing human beings, as well as get the work I want done in the world all while taking great care of myself um, and our family and our home 
which are all, I think, really important things in both getting work done and being a good parent. So that's kind of what I've, I've come to understand, but I've definitely had many, many, many minutes of overwhelm, hours of overwhelm over the past 13 years of motherhood. <laughs> um, and just that all that needs to happen and the time, like the time that there isn't a day to get it done. So a big thing for me with kids when I first had kids was this idea. I think one of the reasons that I was drawn very early on to entrepreneurship. So when I had had my first son, I was 29 and I had been working for, you know, eight years after I graduated college when I was like 22 and I had had a job in an office, a small office for I think the first year and a half I was out of college. And at the end of that year and a half, I had had this pretty strong calling to do my own thing. And I explained exactly what that thing was when I quit my job because I was feeling a lot of guilt. And then I ended up realizing I wasn't ready. And I went on to sort of a, a big consultancy type of situation, which I think is a lot of people's first experience out of college, and did that for about a year. Um, and then it was after that two and a half year period that I felt like I had enough know-how that I could go out on my own and enough people who wanted to do work. So that was kind of the beginning of my entrepreneurship. But the reason I'm telling you that right now is because it meant that I had about four years under my belt or five years under my belt of doing my own thing before I had my first child. And this was pretty helpful. And one of the things that I think I was drawn to doing my own thing was because it was very hard for me. I, I was a designer. I'm, I am a designer. And it was very hard for me to be creative in the nine to five hours. So what I found is, is that I would go to work from nine to five because I was supposed to, but I always took work home or stayed late because my mind kind of like turned on after. It was just like I couldn't, I couldn't affect, like I couldn't make happen. I couldn't make an idea happen when I wanted it to. It would just happen when it happened. And when it happened, everything flowed. I could design a beautiful thing, a website or a brochure or a logo or whatever, but I couldn't make it happen in those hours. So. It meant I worked a little bit too many hours um, and that wasn't very good and it started some bad habits. But then when I had kids, it became even harder because as you know, if you're going to work while you have a child, you either work while they're sleeping when they're little or you have to have some sort of childcare. And if you have some sort of childcare, usually that happens, you know, in those hours from nine to five. So what we did was we got a, a, a nanny, a babysitter, and I, my office was only a couple blocks away from our, the, our apartment. And so it worked great at the beginning because the babysitter could come, I could nurse all day, I never had to pump. But what I was finding is one, I was missing the mom part, and number two, I, just because I had a child didn't mean I could actually think between the hours of eight and three. And I felt the pressure even more because I was paying someone. So I was like, if I'm paying someone, I should be making that money during that time. I don't know. It was just this hard dilemma that I, I ran into when I had kids. So 
in those first five years, so my, I have three kids and they're two years apart. So, right. So there was like five or six years of being pregnant, having babies, nursing, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, having a little bit of a foggy brain, because as you know, if you're a mom, that's, that's what happens in, the, in that beginning time is your brain is a little bit foggy. Plus I had this pressure I was putting on myself to get work, work done, you know, while I, while I had a babysitter. Plus I was feeling that pull of, should I be home? Should I be at work? You know, so there's a lot going on. There's so much going on. And I felt that. And as you guys know, in the first six years of my kid's life, I also had a lot of extra weight on me. So I had gained over 90 pounds in my first pregnancy. And when my third daughter was a year, so six years later, I still had 85 of those pounds just like on me, but I wasn't pregnant. And I was exhausted. I was so tired. I, you know, it was just, it was hard. It was, there's, I would be lying if I said it was any different than hard. And so that's when I decided to change my food because I wanted to change my weight. But the amazing thing that happened when I changed my food was that I got back all this energy and I healed myself of things I didn't know I had and I got off all these medications and my life kind of changed due to food. And at the time what I did was I actually went, it was a little crazy, but I decided I decided I needed to kick gluten and dairy and someone else told me I should definitely kick processed sugar. And then about a day later, I ran into this woman who had a raw food restaurant and she said, perfect, raw vegan food fits all the, all this. Here's 10 recipes, just eat this. <laughs> so that's what I did. So my first sort of foray, foray into food was being raw vegan, which I think is a little bit more cray cray. It's a little bit more out there than most of us have to go. But I have to say it's a pretty amazing food movement because it is all those things and it's delicious and you can, there's decadent desserts built into it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm very grateful for the tools that I learned in the two or so years that I actually was raw vegan. But what I did find in all that was was what I wanted to eat. And so today I get this asked this question a lot, so I'm gonna I'll answer it now. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm interviewing myself, but without the questions. Um, so today I I still am vegan and I don't eat gluten because in all that I actually found out that I can't eat gluten. Um, I probably have celiac, though I got gluten out before I could like officially test for that, but I treat myself and all the symptoms of my childhood point to the fact that I have celiac. And so, so that's sort of how I live. I have played around a couple times in the past eight years with what it would feel like to eat fish, what a piece of fish, but I like being vegan. Sugar is a big one for me. It's, that's a hard one. I pretty much don't eat sugar. Um, every once in a while it comes into something that's like, you know, ice cream at a vegan ice cream shop. But for the most part, things in my world are sweetened by maple syrup or dates and or honey. And feels that feels great. Um, I do now eat grains, which wouldn't have been part of the, um, you know, the raw thing. But it's definitely... I eat a lot of cooked and warm food. I live in New England, so it gets cold. So we have a lot of soups and whatnot. I still love the raw vegan movement, though, for I just had a piece of actually chocolate cake. So good. Um, 
but it's just nuts and rock a cow and dates. So I love that movement for looking up dessert recipes. So that's kind of where I am now with food. And I think the thing that I want to really talk about today is, is just how I got here and how I balanced it all and what I'm definitely still working on. I just want you guys to know that I'm like totally real and not everything goes perfectly. I know a lot of times, you know, there's a photographer for a photo shoot and those photos look great. And yes, my kids eat well, but I've worked really hard at it. And you know what? I have a 11 year old and a 13 year old and they're normal kids their age. And so sometimes they won't eat their vegetables. In fact, sometimes they go through phases of not wanting things. And so how do I sort of deal with this on a daily basis and how am I balancing work? And I've just come back, as you guys know, from a year taking my kids out of school on the road. So what's going on now? So I just wanted to do like a check-in on my work-life balance. So as I'm recording this, we are, or as you're listening to this, actually, we're sort of at the end of the first real full week of having three kids back in school. And it's kind of amazing because I've had them home for over a year and that was amazing. But I was feeling like, as you guys know, something big is launching in a week. And as, as I've been doing the work to make this happen, I'm like, oh my God, I could just use some full days, right? Of nobody whispering and putting signs in front of me as I'm recording something or you know, needing something instead of me taking a picture, you know, all that stuff definitely comes into play throughout a day. So it's been so great to clear, have that clear space, but I'm not that different from that person I was when I first started working. And it's still hard for me to work in those school hours between eight and three. I don't always have my big idea. I can't always put my bum in a seat. And, but I've, learned that that's okay. And, you know, and I, but I have to remember that on a daily basis. So on the first day of school, when I just like clearly wasn't going to do anything, I was like, you know what else I haven't done in a year is I haven't at the middle of the day gone to yoga. So I did that. And then the second day I didn't quite do that, but instead I decided I would walk quite regularly. So, you know, every time that I was feeling like I really couldn't get anything done. I would just walk around the block. So I feel like there's all sorts of ways um, that we can put so much pressure on ourselves and, and just get ourselves into overwhelm. And so what I thought I would do now is just, I guess there's been a couple tricks that are, a lot of them are actually being put into the flow planner, which is coming out um, or is going to be available to order on Wednesday. So the flow planner, I feel like is my baby. It's that, that thing. It like brings together. It's the reason I went to design school, the reason I had a design firm, and then it puts everything that I've learned and all the things that I still need to use into this book. So if all else fails and no one gets it, which I hope isn't the case, I feel like I have this tool that I will use for the rest of my life. Because what I found in having kids and figuring out food is that time is the thing that is the hardest for me. Time gives me the most pressure. So a lot of times 
I blame food situations. I blame money situations. But in the end, it's time that's really, or, you know, something that happened at school, but it's time that's really getting in the way of, of me living the life that I want to. And I said that a little bit wrong because time can't get in the way, but it's my perception that time is getting in the way. And when I really unpack things, it's all about time, which is super interesting to me and why I love talking to all these mom entrepreneurs and why I wanted to show up for you today is that I think we all can create days, create our time, map our time, plan our time in ways that we don't even realize are possible. And then the whole world opens up in a different way. And I want to help as many families as possible do this, because if you're anything like me, you want to be a great mom. You want to be great at your job. You want to eat well. You want your kids to eat well. You have all these other things that you just have to do, like take out the trash, drive carpool, you know, clean up after yourself, clean the kitchen, do the laundry. And it's a lot to fit in a day. But as I started talking to all these amazing people, which I've been sharing with you for the past uh, two, you know, month. But to be honest, I've been having these conversations for the past six years because this has kind of been like the thing I've been seeking. And it's just amazing what some people can fit in. <laughs> it really is truly amazing. And I think that we all have the power to do this. It's just a muscle and we need the right tools. So I just wanted to share like four tools that I use on a you know daily, weekly, monthly basis, because they're all sort of, I use them all differently, that have really helped me in this quest to find more balance. But before I do that, I just really quickly wanted to touch on this whole idea of balance and what it's meant to me, because I, I use this word in the interviews a lot, and it's funny to see like how it re how different people react to the word balance. And the truth is, is I'm not sure there's daily balance. I'm really like, I don't, I don't know, even know that that's the point. And the second I tend to be okay with the fact that that's not the point, the better my days tend to go. So, but I think that there is kind of a, a balance to life. I feel like there's an overall balance an overall calm that can happen when we intentionally think upon what our days look like and we know that our days add up to a week and that our weeks add up to a month and that our months add up to a year and that our years add up to our life. And when we start to think in those terms, then it starts to be okay that, you know, this week looked this way and that week looked this way. And, but this week is going to look this way and that's okay. Cause all together, all three kind of create this story. And that's how I've sort of started to think about it. And that was really helpful, actually, in last year when I decided to take the year off and take my three kids out of school. And it was a very clear thing for me to do at the time. I had one daughter who was, you know, I had a daughter and a son, actually, who just school was feeling hard or, you know, socially and emotionally and they were teens, so this all made sense, but it just seemed like more drama than I wanted to give them in their life. And 
I had written this book and a lot of my audience was in California and Colorado and Oregon and I, I, it felt far to get there. It felt like if I flew out there and I was talking about family dinner and my kids were back here, that would be weird. And my husband had gotten hit while riding his bike by a car and had had a concussion and he was needing time away from a screen. And I felt like all these things came together to make that year possible and make me even be able to imagine that that year should happen. And so the second I imagined it, it was really interesting. Everything sort of started to fall into place. And, you know, this school would say, yes, come speak. And this school would say, and then this conference. And then there was this TV station. And then my old friends said, come stay with me. Come stay with me. And I, everything, I can't even explain it, but everything just fell into place. But as everything was falling into place, my brain was still going to fight it, right? So I was like, you know, who am I to take off a year? Um, I'm working, but it's different work. So how will the old work fit into the new work? And, you know, the kids out of school, like, how will I really do that? Can I really homeschool? Like, what does this look like? Everything was going firing through my head of, if I made like the dumbest decision ever. And I can tell you now that I'm back and watching my kids go into school, first of all, I didn't do the best of job homeschooling. I didn't keep up with everything. I really followed their lead and, you know, when my eighth grader said, I really, really feel like it would be better if I was caught up on math, we found that my mother-in-law could jump in and keep him up and on track on math. Um, we wrote a lot because that felt really good and it was something that I wanted to do. We saw so many things. We took in so many, you know, national landmarks and museums and that kind of stuff. So we were always learning and talking. But we also got to experience time in a different way. So my kids didn't wake up until 10. I think I've mentioned this before, but they just needed sleep. So they slept until 10 every single morning, which enables me to wake up and find my creativity every morning from 6 to 10, which was amazing. So that's been something that now I'm dealing with right now with them back in school. Yes, I have more stretches of time to do work, but it's not quite as intuitively happening as it was in those time when we were on the road. So it's just really interesting to me that it can all that that like a year could balance out a year or that year actually felt like it balanced off my son's first six years in school. Does that make sense? So now he comes back to eighth grade and it's different. He can he had the space to make the changes he needed to make to integrate what he needed to make. Um you know, to learn the things he needed to learn. He became an amazing magician in that time, but obviously didn't keep up on all the history that his classmates were keeping up on. You know, my daughter's gone back into a public school, which is what her dream was. And it's really interesting to see what struggles she's having and what things she's really thriving at. So it's just like, I feel like there's always checks and balances. And we don't always give ourselves the space to do that because one days just keep coming. They keep showing up, you know, right? They keep coming and coming and coming and coming at us. And I think I've mentioned this before, but it's like in parenthood, what I experienced, especially when my kids were younger, is that sometimes the days felt like they would never end. And it was just like, well, when is bedtime? But then all of a sudden it's a month and you're like, how did my child just grow a whole head? You know what I mean? And so there's this weird sense of time, I think, that we have as parents of 
the time is moving so fast and it's so precious to like these days are so long and I'm not getting exactly what I want done. And so that's what I've been really working on myself. And that's where these, I think the tools that I've, I'm creating for myself and have been teaching about are really coming in handy um, and helping me to really take back time. And I know that I can't control everything that happens in our life, but I, I can choose how I show up for every hour of the day. But what I find is I need constant like reining back in. I always need to be reined back in because I have these big desires that I want to fulfill. You know, I want to help the world be healthier and happier. I want to get dinner on the table for my kids. I want to get better at yoga. I want to be able to do a handstand someday. I want to be able to run five miles without running out of breath. Um, I would love to learn how to bake a loaf of bread. Get that. The, the, the person with the cookbook has no idea how to do a good loaf of gluten-free bread. So there's I have this like whole list of things I want to do, but I can feel like, oh my gosh, like where did August go? And stuff happens. That's the other thing, right? So in my August, my mom, who is a very active person, broke her hip and we ended up in the hospital for part of it. My daughter sprained her ankle and we, you know, lost a week that we didn't know we were going to lose. Um... You know, a, a trip got moved because of rain. We decided to go see the eclipse, which took time. So things take time and we have to choose how we're going to spend our time. And so that's what's really become super clear to me over the past eight years as food became more and more important to me and eating well became more and more important to me. And as I ate well, I started very quickly realizing the other things that play into my wellness, like exercise and sleep. Sleep was something, sleep is something I'll always be working on and hydration and having fun and finding creativity. And it's just like, when you start listing all these things, it's like, oh my God, like, how are we going to do all this? And be parents and have our kids be able to do their version of this. And it, it just starts to feel crazy in your head. So that brings me to thing number one, which before I put all this together was something that I started practicing about seven years ago because it made a big deal. It made a big difference in, in my life as I was changing my food. And that was to stop holding everything in my head. And I did this, I think, when I was still nursing my last child. So before I changed my food and I was still in that like brain fog, I was exhausted. I was a new mom. I had all these kids. I was nursing, which, you know, messes with your brain. And so I was just trying to figure out like how to get something done. And one day I was listening to one of my mentors, Marie Forleo, and I think she was the first person I heard from this, just to get everything out of your head and onto paper. And it was the first time that I very consciously, I've always been a pretty big list maker, but I very consciously got everything out of my head and onto paper. And I just, I don't know if everybody when they hear, is to, hear to do that would write a list, but a list is what came to my head. And so I just started writing like lists, 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 all these things that were just in my head and I was holding on to. And I just got them out of my head and onto paper. And I have to tell you, when I was done, I felt like a whole new person. I hadn't even gotten anything done on the list, but just the act of writing it down was 
most amazing process I'd ever gone through. No, it sounds funny. So that was kind of like thing one. So I'm a big believer in emptying our head, but I had to evolve that a little bit as a busy mom because what happened is my first list, um, and I, I don't know if this exactly happened because at the time I was being mentored around building a business. So I was thinking business as I was writing this list, but I realized it wasn't that all, it wasn't all that, but my list was all work. It was just pages and pages of all the tasks I had to do around work. And I realized that this was going to cause some issues because it was very unbalanced. Like I couldn't just do all these work tasks and not do anything else. And so I started to realize that I needed to think through my list a little bit more holistically and realize that as I have all these desires around work, that I start to figure out how to have all these desires in other areas of my life. So it was around this time that I started figuring out about food. So very quickly, food was an easy thing to add to my list. You know, what I wanted to try, how I was going to meal plan, different you know, restaurants, different recipes, how to get a child to eat something, like all these things started making their way onto the list. Books I wanted to read, um, cookbooks I wanted to check out from the library, all these types of things started being items on my list. So that was great. And a little bit into that, so so now I was, had like work and food on my list and, you know, didn't feel perfect, but the first thing I noticed wasn't perfect was that my calendar was still very much all work. So I was fitting the food in, but kind of at the expense of my kids and my mothering. And I wasn't even sure where I was really fitting it in or how I was making it happen, but it was starting to make it so that I wasn't even getting my work stuff done, but like the food stuff wasn't actually on the calendar, so it wasn't planned. So everything was just feeling haphazard. And that was the first moment where I just actually started to ignore my calendar because I was wanting to create this life, but my calendar wasn't creating that life. So why would I pay attention to my calendar? And that was the first time in my life where I started to really feel behind in work. Um, and I think it was because it, it just, my calendar wasn't balanced and it was all work and there was nothing else. So at that point, I kind of quickly realized that I just needed to balance the food and the work a little in my calendar. So I started actually like putting into the calendar grocery shopping and meal prep and family dinners. Like I would block off family dinners, you know, from five to seven in the calendar. And that was really helpful to me because, you know, if the phone rang or if an email came in, I just literally like the calendar said, don't look at it. And I, I sort of started to have to give the calendar that kind of clout. And it was really helpful but there was still some stuff missing. A lot of the things that I was doing around parenting felt like they were coming at me and self-care pretty much didn't exist. So what do I mean by the parenting part? So the parenting part was like, you know, a friend of a friend was signing up for Little League. I thought I had to do that. So it would just happen. Like I wasn't really thinking about why or when or how or what the, how that affected anybody. Um, it just needed to happen. We'd get invited to a birthday party. Of course, we say yes, because who would want to miss? It was like FOMO on fire, right? Like FOMO, which stands for fear of missing out. Just say yes to everything. And 
that very quickly meant that my calendar was filling up with things that were fun. Of course, they were fun. It, it was enriching a lot of the times, but it was full. And, you know, by this time, you know, my youngest was probably about three and my oldest was about eight. And we were, I was talking a lot about not being busy, but I was feeling really busy. So we might not have been as busy as the average Joe. I had already read the book Simplicity Parenting. I was, I was definitely in on that, but I wasn't always in on every practice in it. And I was still feeling overwhelmed. And so I just, I needed, I needed more. <laughs> like I needed to understand what needed to go into a day to really make me feel relaxed and at ease and find that creative space again. Because another thing that was happening at this point is I was really spinning my wheels with work and I felt like I was, it was at a time when I was doing something a little different. I had I had switched into this world of food and blogging and I was letting go a bit of my design company, which was new. I, I knew how to own and operate a design company. I did not have any idea how to um, have an information-based business or write a book or start a podcast or any of these things that I've done. So I was leaning on a lot of mentors and not using my creative brain as much as I like that's usually what people hired me for my design business. And I was more following at that point. And I just, there was no space to do anything different, like no space to do anything different. So that's when I one day was sitting down and writing out my list. And I was like, you know what? I'm drawn toward work. Like I love my work. I want to make an impact in the world. It makes me happy. I love being a mom. I love it more than anything, but I, I've always had this inkling that I, I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I've had moments where I've just been a, like stayed home and, but I need the work part. Like that's just me. And if you need the home part, maybe that's pulling you and, but maybe it's that your spouse has been saying you need to get a job. I don't know, but usually we get pulled in one way. But what I was realizing was that it's all a season, right? So there's going to be different seasons and different times I can get different amounts of stuff done. And I got a lot of done in my twenties as I'm sure like most of us did. And then, then I became a mom and it, it sort of like tamed down a little. And at this point I was like, okay, it can't be all about the work because I want to raise these amazing kids. So it's got to be about the things that need to happen to make them amazing. So I divided the paper in half. And then I was like, you know what, though, I know better. I know this now because I know how food has impacted me. And I've watched how it's impacted my daughter who had some food sensitivities. So I know food makes an impact. This was like, you know, five years ago. And I know it makes an impact, but I, I'm not always making space for it. And I'm not always advocating for it like in real space. So I'm I'm advocating for it online in my blog 5 years ago, but I'm not always standing up at at a party or at a little league. And it's not like I'm always needing to make a, a point of, at all, but I do want to always feed myself and and empower my kids to feed themselves well no matter where they are. 
So that's so, but I wasn't doing that at this time. At this time, I was like, kind of like, you know, kids eat whatever you want when we're at someone's house if you know you're not allergic to it. And I would eat more sugar and I would probably drink too much wine and all that kind of stuff. So I wasn't, it wasn't with intention that I was going out into the world. So I then took that piece of paper that I divided in half with the work and the the parenting part. And I drew a second line across so that now the page was in four quadrants. And I added, um, so there was work. I added food because I knew that the food would support how I parented and how I worked. And I added a fourth column, which at the time I had no idea what to call it, but I knew that it was that column that contained self-care it contained the meditation practice that I had been wanting to figure out how to do for 10 years. It contained the times that I would go to yoga. It contained my morning run. It contained date night. It contained the desire to stay home on a whole Sunday by the fire instead of going out and touring a museum. It contained the hike I wanted to take as a family through the forest. It contained game night. It contained all those down moments that are so easy to to schedule away. And I knew I needed that really badly right then. I knew that those were the things I were, were so easy to let slip. And I knew this because I heard so many moms say they couldn't do things. They couldn't come for a play date. Uh, because they had to go to the children's symphony or they had to do soccer practice or they not only had to do their town soccer practice, but they had to do the traveling soccer team. And then they had to go to some other class. And I knew how easy it was because I knew how many things I would love to also do like that with my kids. But I knew how important the quiet time was. And so that was what the fourth quadrant was. And I now call that my OM time, which if you've ever been to yoga, you understand that. But at a lot of yoga classes, um, they begin with a chant of the word OM. And I started looking, and it, I can't explain it really, and I'm not going to chant on the podcast. <laughs> I could, but I'm not. But during that time, during the OM I always feel this sense of deep relaxation and connectivity to the people around me because everybody's doing it. And it's just like this moment where like my brain can't think of to-do lists. My brain can't think of things I haven't done or things I need to do or things I have done or people I have to call. My brain is just literally present and it's present with other people. It's present like I feel that there's other people around me. You can hear their vibration. You can, you're in your body. And whatever that feeling is, I knew I wanted to capture it at other points in my life. So that column, that little quadrant became called my OM column. And it was just all about how to reconnect with my body, my community, my family, my time, my days. Um, and it actually became almost the most important column of all at certain busy times in my life. So I started rethinking how I did the, that mind dump and I started rethinking it in terms of those categories. Now it doesn't mean that my mind can dump into those categories, but it was a like, you know, evenly at all times, but it was a way for me to see where I was leaning. And so 
as I said, I naturally kind of sometimes lean into work. But actually last year when we were on the road, I very heavily had to lean into family and, and enjoyed every second of it and friends and lean out of work a little bit. And so, but I could see that. I could see that on paper and I could see what that meant for those other quadrants. And, you know, last year when we were on the road and we were going, going, going in the fall and I was, I was speaking a lot. I was with my kids all day. I was speaking a lot at night because that's what I do at schools as I speak at schools at night um, to parents and run workshops sometimes on a weekend morning. But I was pretty much with my kids a lot of the day. We were doing a lot of driving because we made it from Boston all the way across the country. And that was September, October, November. And it was almost Thanksgiving and I was I was tired. I was really tired. I had, had this amazing time, but I was tired. And the next chapter was going to be um, a lot of online work, um, traveling south somewhere. And we all looked at each other and we all just said, home, we want to go home. And so we went out again in the spring, like we went on more book tour in the Southern United States. But for that time from Christmas to in January, we actually were home and we were, we were home without much like interaction in our community. We were a lot with each other. We had, we hadn't really tapped in. There's like always a, a there's very vibrant homeschooling communities when you live somewhere, when you're on a road, the road, that's kind of different. But we just needed space. We needed space to just be. We needed. We actually needed that home, like as a family. And my kids were very creative during that time. They went out and played in the snow a lot. Um, they took in, they drew pictures and wrote a ton about everything they had experienced from September through Christmas. So it was like this amazing integration time. And I realized then that it's like we can't always push and that there does have to be this balance overall. And in that sense, you know, I pushed big time with work and family for four months. And then I needed this this break. And in that break happened to happen a lot of those things that I would put in this OM category, as well as a lot of great food, a lot of nurturing food. So it was really interesting how how that evolved. And now I'm in this phase where actually it's fall, my kids are back in school, and I actually really want those quadrants to feel really balanced all at once for a little bit. You know, um, this summer I leaned more into the food and the family part. And then as the summer was ending, I felt myself leaning way into the self-care and the work part. And now I'm in, you know, and, and that got me to this place of really wanting each four quadrants to be balanced. And then I'm sure following this is going to be something else. So it's just, you know, what chapter are you in? What phase are you in? What season are you in? And that has been such a huge thing to realize. So. I have this tool, you guys. I hope everyone on Wednesday jumps in and gets their copy. It's amazing. It is the thing that I'm using to make this balance happen. It has space to imagine whatever season you're in. It has space to check in each month to see what from the season, like what from that master list. Well, what you want to bring pull from that season and from that master list into your month, like what's appropriate and how can you 
do something, some practice, some ritual at the beginning of the month that will make the month even easier. So for example, in the food quadrant, maybe you'd fill your pantry for the month instead of having to run to the grocery store for crackers. You know, if you go to the grocery store, you're getting fruits and veggies. You know, it's it's the stuff that doesn't go bad. Um, what can you do each month to make it easier? What if you just had three goals that you were working around your lifestyle or your work each month? And those are the things like that's what all the decisions get made around. How much easier would that make it? You know, so if you're if your lifestyle is around being more cultural as a family, when you're invited to go to the museum, you go to the museum. If your goal for the month is around quiet and connectivity um, and nature, when you're asked to go to the museum, you say no and you, you go on a walk in the forest. So there's no right or wrong answer, but I feel like unless we keep, or at least this is for me, as long as I keep revisiting my intentions, I'm more likely to really act as as how I want it to be, as how I want my life to be. Whereas when I don't constantly revisit it on sort of this monthly and then weekly and then daily level, it's, it's so easy to forget. It's so easy just to get pulled along life's path um, or other people's agendas um, and not remember my own desires and our family's own desires. So I just, I can't wait for you to see this. I can't wait for you to use it. I can't wait to see how it changes your world. Um, it is created to, to facilitate those four quadrants so that you're always thinking about your work, your lifestyle, that own time and your food. So I said that kind of in the wrong order because it's flow. So food is first, lifestyle second, um, and then work. And that you're always thinking in these quadrants. And if you don't work, don't worry because you do work. And there's something that fills your days. Maybe it's stuff you're doing at your kids' schools or maybe you're homeschooling your kids. You know, you're going to move it around to be the way that you want it. Um, but you're going to create that life that you want to live and you're going to include the food that's going to help you live that way. And I can't wait. I can't wait to see how that impacts your life because I see it impacting mine on a daily basis. And yeah, it's just so fun. So remember to sign up at theflowplanner.com if you want to be alerted. But if you're on my list and you already get my emails, you don't have to sign up there. Everyone's going to know about it. But it's Wednesday at 8 p.m., they go on say they go there you'll see we're launching at 8 p.m. on Wednesday it's when you can pre-order basically but the first people to order get this amazing deal it's a book so the price isn't that high but the more people that I can get in right at the beginning the more chance that this whole business has to succeed um, which I'm hoping it will because I know that it's gonna make some impact so I could use your help so I'm here to help you, but also I could use you guys' support as, as we go into launch mode to spread the word. So it is Friday. It is planning day. Go off and make your plan. Another announcement is that the PlanSimpleMeals.com website recently went through a quiet revamp. It's kind of phase one of a two-part revamp, but on the homepage, um, are a whole bunch of really cool downloads. So if you don't want to just go sign up to get the announcement on Wednesday, go look at those because the 
one of the things on that list um, is a like planning your day and a class around how to plan your day and it sort of feeds into what the flow journal will be and that might be a really cool place to start so you could go there just go to the plansimplemeals.com and scroll down and you'll see I think there it's the third offering on the home page um, and that might be a really really great place to start planning your days and what else I think that that's all I've got and then so if today's Friday and you're going to go do some planning and you might go print out your day, but at minimum, just, you know, maybe spend some time thinking what the next four days of meals look like for you and your household. And then tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are more of these mompreneur podcasts, which are just, you guys, there's so many good nuggets in them. I just don't want you to miss them. So Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes, you're tuning in wherever you tune in to, I, um, to podcasts, and that this becomes your practice for the next couple of days. It becomes your school as you send your kids off to school. All right, you guys, so excited to have done this episode. I hope it wasn't too rambly and that you got something out of it, and I will see you tomorrow on our next interview. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Meals podcast. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to share Plan Simple Meals with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes. I absolutely love sharing simple solutions to help busy families eat clean and live well. Visit HealthyMomsMeetup.com and come join in on the fun. In our free group, you can chat with me and other health-seeking moms, get new recipes and tips, and never be at a loss in the kitchen again. Come join the fun at HealthyMomsMeetup.com. I cannot wait to meet you there.